Lecture topic: Becoming the beloved of Allah. Amma ba'du fa'udu billahi min ash-shaytanir rajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Qul inkum tuhibbun Allah fattabi'uni yuhibbukum Allah wa yaghfir lakum dhunubakum. Allahu ghafurur rahim. وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يكون تبعا لما جئت به أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected علماء الكرام Brothers and elders The purpose of these programs and gatherings simply to remind ourselves, merely to serve as a reminder for myself, first and foremost, for all of us, what is our purpose in life, what is our direction, where are we headed to, what are we supposed to be doing, merely a reminder. And this reminder is a requirement Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala in the Qur'an Sharif gives the command وَذَكِّرْ فَإِنَّ الذِّكْرَى تَنْفَعُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Remind, or verily a reminder is very beneficial for the As we were discussing that the purpose of these gatherings is merely as a reminder for ourselves. And this reminder Allah Ta'ala wants us to keep reminding ourselves. وَذَكِّرْ فَإِنَّ الذِّكْرَى تَنْفَعُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Remind, for verily a reminder is very beneficial for the believers. And it keeps benefiting the believers. تَنْفَعْ So as a reminder... We are the creation of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala has created us from non-existence, brought us into existence. Allah Ta'ala is our provider. Allah is our nourisher. Allah is our sustainer. Allah Ta'ala is the controller of this entire universe. And then we have to stand up and account for our deeds on the day of Qiyamah. And all the control and power on that day is solely and only in the hands of Allah Ta'ala. So when Allah Ta'ala alone is our creator, our sustainer, our nourisher, so we ought to love Him more than anything and everything. Now this love and muhabbat, when there's love, then this love drives a person for many things. This is the driving force within insan. 
in a relationship, whether it is between spouses, between parents and children, between siblings, between family members, between friends, between any two people. So people strive to do some things for the other out of love, out of muhabbat. When there is muhabbat in that relationship, then people go out of their way to try and do things that are pleasing for the other party. When there is a strong bond between spouses, there is that muhabbat, there is that love, then you will find each one going out of their way to please the other. The husband is doing something extra to make the wife happy. The wife is going out of the way to keep the husband happy. And Allah forbid, even in that marriage, if that love went away, then you'll find that couple who are supposed to be closer than any other relationship, they become mean and nasty to one another. You'll find things happening where one party is doing things merely to irritate the other. There will be no consideration for the other. Complete lack of any consideration. There won't be any care and concern to try and ease the difficulty of the other. Let alone trying to make things better. Let alone trying to please the other person. There won't even be the concern to ease the next person's difficulty. Why? Because that muhabbat went away. That love is gone. When there's love for that parent, then that child will be ready to give his life for that parent also. And if there's no love, that love is gone, it won't bother if he's realizing that he's making the parent's life a misery in the manner of how he's conducting himself, what he's doing. But that won't bother him. doesn't matter if the parent's life is becoming a misery because of how he's doing it, what, what he's doing, because that love is gone. Whatever, now mat- doesn't, nothing matters. So the driving force is this muhabbat. And when this muhabbat is there, people do sometimes things which are beyond what sometimes we can think about. Now all this we see happening in the relationship between two insan. And what is the driving force in it? Muhabbat, love. So now as we started off, Allah Ta'ala is our creator, Allah Ta'ala is our sustainer, Allah Ta'ala is our nourisher. So we ought to love Allah Ta'ala more than anyone and everyone and anything and everything. And that is part of the requirement of our Iman. قُلْ إِنْ كَانَ آبَاؤُكُمْ وَأَبْنَاؤُكُمْ وَإِخْوَانُكُمْ وَأَزْوَاجُكُمْ وَعَشِيرَتُكُمْ In the Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala mentions the whole list. That O Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you declare to them, إِنْ كَانَ آبَاؤُكُمْ If your parents, وَأَبْنَاؤُكُمْ Your children, وَإِخْوَانُكُمْ Your siblings, وَأَزْوَاجُكُمْ Your spouses وَعَشِيرَتُكُمْ Your families now, These are all human relationships and then there's attachment sometimes to things around وَتِجَارَةٌ تَخْشَوْنَ كَسَادَهَا And your businesses which you sometimes see a loss in وَمَسَاكِنُ وَمَسَاكِنُ تَرْضَوْنَهَا Those homes which you have come so attached to You've made that like your small jannat, you call it. 
if all this becomes a habba ilaykum min Allahi wa rasulihi wa jihadim fi sabili fatarabbasu hatta ya'ti Allahu bi amri if this becomes more beloved to you than Allah and his rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam and striving in the path of Allah ta'ala then await the punishment of Allah ta'ala so a mu'min the love of Allah ta'ala the love of Allah's rasul the love of deen this is above everything else. So now when there's love between two people, they want to do what will please the other. In other words, give the next person what they love. Now when the love for Allah Ta'ala should be above everyone, have we ever considered that am I giving Allah Ta'ala what He loves? Somebody loves his parents well, so mashallah he does what he can do to Give them what they love. Not only in material things, they love certain kind of treatment. They just love how he probably comes and spends some time with them. How he makes their ikram, makes their khidmat. So now he gives them what they love. People go to the point of choosing a particular color. Why? Because somebody loves that, who they want to please. So now they choose that color, whereas they themselves don't like it too. But why? Because it will please somebody else who they want to try and please. So now when all these relationships around us, we go out of our way where there's muhabbat, there's love, we do what we can to please somebody out of that love. Have we considered that are we giving Allah what He loves? Allah is independent, needs nobody and nothing. Giving Allah what He loves is in reality giving ourselves what we will benefit. Allah is not in need of us or anything from us. But to earn Allah Ta'ala's pleasure, that is our good fortune. So have we thought any time that the whole day passed, today what I gave to Allah Ta'ala, what He loves. My whole week passed, my month passed, my year passed, my 50 years have passed, and maybe more or less. But in this lifetime that Allah Ta'ala blessed me with, how much did I do what Allah loves? And have I made that my direction, made that my aspiration, that my desire, that I want to do that which pleases my Allah. I have done so much because this would please my wife, this will please my parents, this will please my children. And Allah forbid sometimes we are doing things to please others, such things which Allah Ta'ala is displeased with. But because the child is demanding it, or that spouse is demanding it, or somebody else is demanding it, or the society is demanding it, you know, you must do this in this manner, then you are in style. You must have this wedding in this way, then only it's, you are now doing it in a way that society now will say you did it right. So now to please society and please the norms of society and what not. So in the process we earn the displeasure of Allah Ta'ala, but we want to do it. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala mentions about those who loved Allah beyond everything. Many examples. But one example Allah Ta'ala mentions in the Quran Sharif is about the wife of Fir'aun. Fir'aun, the worst disbeliever that ever set foot on earth. The most severe rejecter of Allah Ta'ala. And let alone just rejecter, 
claimed divinity himself. Ana Rabbukumul A'la. This was his claim. I am your Rabb, na'uzubillah. The lengthy incident which you have heard many times, Musa wasalam, the magicians of Fir'aun gave him some, they foretold something that there's some child that's going to be born and that child is going to lead to the destruction of your kingdom. And Fir'aun went out of his way to try and prevent this. Killed. Allah knows best how many children he killed. But Allah Ta'ala willed that Musa was born. The details are many. Musa was born and miraculously Allah Ta'ala brought him where his mother was inspired to put him into the river in a little box. Allah Ta'ala brought him right into the palace of Fir'aun. And lengthy incident but Allah Ta'ala put that love for Musa in the heart of the wife of Fir'aun. As soon as she saw this child brought in this little box by the guards now, we don't know what's this, this box has come flowing down the river. And she saw this child and the love, <coughs> love of this child gripped her heart. <coughs> and she says to Fir'aun, قُرَّةُ عَيْنٍ لِي وَلَكْ لَا تَقْتُلُوهُ عَسَىٰ أَيَّنْ فَعَنَا وَنَتَّخِذَهُ وَلَدَىٰ don't, don't kill this child. This child will become the coolness of our eyes. And maybe we'll adopt him as a child. We are, we are childless, we'll adopt him as a son. And now Fir'aun, who was out to kill every child, or so many he killed, in order to prevent this child from coming into the world, and this child from living, now that very child, unknown to Fir'aun, is growing up in his own palace. All the various incidents and the details of it we are aware of. Now the child is growing up, and Fir'aun's servants and guards are taking instructions from him. Meaning if he wants something, they have to obey. And Fir'aun is paying for his upbringing, for his nursing and nurturing. And in the palace of Fir'aun is growing up. And then eventually, the time comes when Musa wasalam, is granted Nubuat. Many, many things happen in between. But the point that we want to discuss is, and when this comes up, when Musa salam proclaims the message of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, Fir'aun's wife accepts Islam. Right in his very home, in his palace, who's closest to him, Allah ta'ala blesses her with hidayat. And when Fir'aun gets to know about this, he doesn't just take it lightly, all that love he had, whatever, everything just fizzled out and he started torturing her, his own wife, but because now she accepted deen, accepted iman, he started torturing her, severe torture. And when this torture reached a peak, not some kind of just, you know, silent treatment, which many times sometimes use this as a form of torture also. But it wasn't just some silent treatment. This too becomes a zoom in many instances if it's used wrongly. So in any case, the severe torture finally reached a point where now her life was now going to be. And she makes dua to Allah Ta'ala. It's qalat rabbibnili indaka baytan fil janna wa najjini min fir'aun wa amalihi wa najjini min al-qawm al-zalimeen. Allah, you grant me a palace and a board in Jannat. And save me from Fir'aun and all his torture and from the zulm and oppression 
at any case, Allah Ta'ala then granted her shahadat. And Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says that the greatest woman on earth, the four women Nabi, Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentions, the greatest of all women ever to set foot on earth, one was Maryam, Allah Ta'ala Anha, the wife of Isa, the, the mother of Isa Alayhi Salatu Wasallam, and the second was Asiyatu Imra'atu Fir'aun. Asiya, the wife of Fir'aun. And the third, Hazrat Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha. And Hazrat Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha. The four greatest women to set foot on earth, one of them was Fir'aun's wife, Asiya radiallahu ta'ala anha. Now the lesson for us to take in this, that she had everything laid out for her. She was the queen. She was the queen, everybody at her beck and call. Every luxury and comfort of the time she had. Everything that she wished she could get. But when Deen and Iman came, now this was a choice to make. Either try to keep all this going as you got it, or sacrifice this for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. But that muhabbat, she wanted to give Allah Ta'ala what he loves. Not that Allah is in need of anything. But for one's own akhirat, for one's own future and everlasting jannah. What my Allah loves, I must give. Allah wants that I should stay steadfast on deen, steadfast on iman, come what may. Whatever torture, whatever anything, all that can be tolerated, but not that Allah Ta'ala's deen is compromised. So she bore all that hardship, she bore all that difficulty, and Allah finally blessed her with shahadat, and she left this dunya with shahadat, but she did not waver one bit from Allah Ta'ala's deen. Allah's command. Now that's the lesson we have to now reflect upon. What Allah Ta'ala wants from us, what did we give? What Allah Ta'ala loves, how much we presented that. So now just to briefly touch on some of the things mentioned in the Quran Sharif, what Allah Ta'ala loves. Now by virtue of our claim to Iman, then this should be the thing we love most also. So just various things, just to touch on each one a little bit, just so that we get some direction, and as mentioned, this is just a reminder for myself, all of us, that this is what our direction is, where our destination is, where we should be focusing towards, where we need to head to. So now just to touch on some of the things mentioned in the Quran Sharif, that Allah Ta'ala Himself says that Allah loves. And when somebody will attach themselves to this, they'll become beloved to Allah Ta'ala. So among the aspects mentioned in the Quran Sharif, one place Allah Ta'ala says, Inna Allaha yuhibbul muttaqeen. Allah Ta'ala loves the muttaqeen, people of taqwa. And the essence of taqwa is to refrain from the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. That's the essence of taqwa. But Allah Ta'ala loves is the muttaqeen. Allah loves people of taqwa. And the essence of taqwa is to refrain from sin. That's the aspect to now ponder. My life, my day to day, how much of my day was in taqwa, how much of the time my eyes were in taqwa, my ears were in taqwa, my hands and feet in taqwa, what buttons I was pressing, where my eyes were looking, what I was speaking, my tongue, was it speaking with taqwa or not? Was my heart 
filled with taqwa or not. Allah Ta'ala loves people of taqwa. Now there's many, many incidents in the lives of the Sahaba Ikram and the pious personalities. Untold number of incidents of what kind of taqwa they upheld, how they lived their lives in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. And they didn't allow anything to become a distraction. They were ready to sacrifice. That's taqwa all about. All the temptations that came in the way, whatever tried to distract them, they could sacrifice it. So in any case, this is just very briefly to go through many aspects that are mentioned, or some of the aspects that are mentioned. One of the primary things and the essence of it all is taqwa. So now taqwa is not just confined to one or two things, every aspect of life. Taqwa in our homes, taqwa in our businesses, taqwa out of the street, taqwa anywhere and everywhere. Taqwa externally, taqwa internally also. That the heart is free of all the maladies of the heart, pride, malice, jealousy, and the love of the ego, all that is the defilement of taqwa of the heart. So in any case, Allah Ta'ala loves the muttaqeen. And then being insan, we are weak, we falter. So, in Allah, you hit tawabin or you hit bul mutatahirin. In another ayat of the Quran, Sharif Allah Ta'ala says, In Allah, you hit tawabin. Allah loves those who excessively repent. Insan is insan. Kullukum khattaoon. Wakhirul khattaoon at tawaboon. Nabi Kareem Salaam says, All of you falter, make mistakes, commit sins. But the best of sinners is the one who makes excessive tawbah. So it's not that a person now, he plans and premeditates sin, but being insan he can fall somewhere. But now when he falls, he doesn't remain fallen, he makes sincere tawbah, comes back to Allah Ta'ala. إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ التَّوَّابِينَ وَيُحِبُّ الْمُتَطَّهِرِينَ Allah Ta'ala loves those who excessively purify themselves. One is the external purity, all the aspects of taharat that we are taught in deen. But likewise, the internal purity, purity of the heart, constantly cleaning the heart, keeping the heart clean from all kinds of maladies of the heart. So Allah Ta'ala loves this. Now to take some time to reflect, what's the condition of my heart? What's the condition of myself? What's the condition of my tongue, my eyes, my ears? Is there taqwa? And if not, was there tawbah? Our life is between taqwa and tawbah. That's a mu'min. That he lives his life on taqwa and Allah forbid he slips up, he makes him eat tawbah and comes back on taqwa. Like a person, his wuzu, he's trying to keep with wuzu all the time, but his wuzu breaks, he's insan, but he immediately renews his wuzu and he's back on being on wuzu. In any case, Allah loves those who are people of taqwa and if they falter, they make excessive tawbah and they excessively purify themselves, Allah Ta'ala loves these people. Then, another aspect mentioned in the Quran Sharif, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Allah Ta'ala loves the muhsinin, those who have ihsan in them. One meaning of ihsan, this is the highest level of iman. The first level is Islam, and on top of that, Iman. And on top of that is Ihsan. 
which in the very well-known hadith of Jibreel Salatu Salam, he came in human form and he asked Nabi Karim Salatu some questions. What is Iman? What is Islam? And he asked him, what is Ihsan? Nabi Salatu responded and said, You worship Allah as if you can see Him. And if you cannot, if you think and you, you claim that how can this be possible? I can't see Allah Ta'ala. So how can, can I be expected to worship Him in that manner? That doesn't really matter. Because Allah is seeing you all the time. And that is the real thing. That since it is a reality, Allah is watching all the time, you should be conducting yourself in complete obedience to Allah Ta'ala. Now that consciousness is Ihsan. That constant consciousness in every aspect of life that my Allah is watching. Allah knows. Allah is all hearing. Allah knows the deception of the eye, what the heart conceals, this constant consciousness. Not that if my wife is not around now, so now I'm free. I can do what I want now. And go where I want to. Well, in any case, now I put the tracker off now, so she won't know where I went. Allah is away. Can we hide from Allah? Ta'ala? Now we're ducking and diving behind some passwords. Well, nobody will know. I got my tracks covered. Can we cover our tracks from Allah? Ta'ala? Who is Alimun Khabir, all knowing. So now this constant consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, my Allah knows, He knows where I'm looking. And He knows what I'm thinking. And He knows what excuses I'm making also. What I'm doing, and making excuses on top of that. Allah knows that as well. And Allah Ta'ala says, بَلِ الْإِنسَانُ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ بَصِيرًا وَلَوْ أَلْقَى مَعَادِرًا Even Insan himself knows. He himself knows that he's making excuses. So in any case, this is one dimension of Ihsan. This constant consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. And another dimension of Ihsan is what we call kindness. Allah Ta'ala loves the muhsineen. Those who display kindness. In one hadith sharif, which is often discussed at the time of Qurbani, where the guidelines that Nabi Karim gave regarding even how an animal has to be handled, has, has to be treated, so that animal is going to be slaughtered, the knife is going to be put on its throat. But Nabi Karim says, Inna Allah ihsana ala kulli shay'in. Allah Ta'ala has ordained kindness for everything. So even an animal too, Allah Ta'ala has ordained kindness for it. So now this is an animal, but فَإِذَا قَتَلْتُمْ فَأَحْسِنُ الْقِتْلَى فَأَحْسِنُ If you are going to be now slaughtering, then slaughter with kindness. Meaning don't give it any undue difficulty. There's some amount of difficulty and pain which is inevitable. That's going to happen. But there are certain things that can be easily avoided. Like for example, a person is thought, don't ever sharpen the knife in the presence of that animal. Because that animal can see and perceive, he knows what's going on. And that just gives it undue difficulty. That now it's already been killed before its death. One person was dragging an animal by its back foot. And he's dragging it to go and slaughter it. And the Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam saw this and he reprimanded him. 
And he said to him, take it to it that kindly. So now, he's going to hold it by the horn and pull it. That too is going to be some extent of difficulty on the animal, but that's inevitable now. He has to take it to its place. But he saved it from that extra cruel aspect of now dragging it by its hind leg. Because that is giving it double pain. So that's a degree of cruelty. But dragging it now by its horns, that's inevitable now. That's part of the process now. But the point is, Nabi Karim says, If you are killing something, like a person now is hunting, so now kill in a way that doesn't compromise that kindness way can be now fulfilled. And if you are slaughtering, slaughter with that kindness. And in order to highlight it, Nabi Karim says, Sharpen your knife. Well, you hit shafrata. And comfort that animal. Comfort that animal. Even while you're slaughtering it, comfort it. Now, therefore, we are taught, even don't keep it hungry and thirsty. And whatever other, don't slaughter one animal in front of another. Now, the lesson in all this is, on the point of, Inna Allah yuhibbul muhsineen. Allah Ta'ala loves those who show ihsan. One dimension was ihsan, the constant consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. But this dimension of ihsan, kindness. Now, this is an animal and so much of emphasis about kindness to an animal. So what about kindness to insan? If so much of emphasis upon kindness to an animal, then what about kindness to insan, to a human being, any insan? And this kindness to insan has been highlighted in such a way that Again, because of kindness to an animal, Nabi Karim says one woman of ill repute showed kindness to an animal, gave a thirsty dog water to drink. But that kindness, Allah Ta'ala gave the tawfiq of Toba and she was forgiven. So what about kindness to insan? And therefore it is mentioned that a person gives a thirsty person water to drink where there is no water available. It's like bringing the dead to life. That he saved the life. So now, to reflect upon this in our day-to-day life, in how we sometimes interact with people around us, Inna Allah yuhibbul muhsineen. It might be somebody who is desperate for a job maybe, so now he just has to continue how he has to continue, just listen to everything and anything, just bear anything and everything. But is that in keeping with Inna Allah Yuhibbul Muhsineen? That person might just be a desperate person for a job, might be a domestic servant, it might be whoever. And that gives us an advantage over the person. But does that mean that that undue advantage must be taken? And Zul must be perpetrated? And somebody can be sworn at just because now the person is now in need of that wages and salary. This is totally against life. Allah Ta'ala loves those who are muhsineen. Those who act against it, what is the position then? Allah loves those who have this kindness. Then those who show cruelty, what will be their position in the court of Allah Ta'ala? The opposite. Allah Ta'ala is Highlighting this in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala loves those who show ihsan. And as mentioned in so many ahadith, 
this has been highlighted by Nabi Kareem Salaam in so many ways, this ihsan, this gentleness, this easy-going manner regarding Nabi Salaam himself in the Hadith Sharif, the various traits and qualities and attributes of Nabi Kareem Salaam are mentioned in one riwayat, among them that he was very, very easy-going, very kind, very gentle. All these things are highlighted. Layyin al-janib, sari al-atf, very easy going, very very kind, very gentle. Allah Ta'ala loves this. Inna Allah yuhibbul muhsineen. Allah loves this. Just to finish off on one last point. Inna Allah yuhibbul muqsiteen. One is ihsan and kindness. But the least is, if a person can't fulfill the level of ihsan, he doesn't ever come under the level of justice. Sometimes a person just doesn't have it in his heart to be good to somebody. It's a bad thing. It's a very, very bad thing as a person who has iman in his heart, a person who has, who's an ummati of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who was the epitome of kindness, of shafqat, of muhabbat. So now we should have it in our heart to show kindness to everyone. But if that for some reason just can't happen from us, then the least is Allah Ta'ala says, Inna Allah yuhibbul muqsiteen. Allah Ta'ala loves those who they uphold justice. They don't go below that. They don't commit zulm. And justice is not only in the court of law somewhere. Justice is within the four walls of our home also. Justice is in our businesses as well. Justice can be out on the street also. Justice in the masjid as well. So one is the level of ihsan which we should be striving for. We should be aspiring to try and achieve. And trying to bring ihsan in our day-to-day life. But if that for whatever reason is not there, then not below the level of justice. Justice is the bare minimum. That too, inna Allah yuhibbul muqsiteen. Allah Ta'ala loves those who adopt justice. Iqsat. In one hadith sharif, Nabi Kareem says that those who are the muqsiteen, those who uphold justice, obviously together with whatever other qualities they have, ala manabira min nurin, they will be on pulpits of nur on the day of Qiyamah. In a very special place by the arsh of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. And who are these people who are just in whatever decisions they make, just, just with their families, family members, just in whatever they have any authority over. Anything that they have been vested with some authority, they don't compromise on justice. They don't get into any kind of zulm, any kind of injustice. And these people have also a very special place on the day of Qiyamah. So coming back to where we started off from, in every day, day-to-day life, every day, sometime or the other, we make some choice. We do something because somebody will be pleased with this extra thing that we want to do, this extra step we want to take. So that is why we do it, to please somebody who, somebody we have some attachment to, somebody we want to please in some way. So we do this all the time, every day. The time has come to reflect now what my Allah loves. Because everything has come to me from Allah Ta'ala. Nobody else gave me life. Allah alone gave us life. 
Nobody else feeds us. Allah alone feeds. Otherwise, if it was just our doing, who puts that food down into that... It's to start off with where it came from. Every morsel of food, hundreds of peoples of efforts have gone into it. The combination of hundreds of peoples of effort goes into every morsel that reaches our hand. And then we just chew on it, and then it goes down, and we thought we did something. But who brought about that whole system to digest it, and that whole system to now make it into something that will nourish the body, and then the body gains its energy and strength and nourishment, if insan feels he did something before that, which is a deception, what he, what role he plays in all this part? After it goes down into his mouth, what role he played in that whole system? Nothing, zero. All purely Allah Ta'ala's grace and mercy. So Allah alone is feeding us every breath we take with Allah Ta'ala's grace and mercy. When there was the issue of the COVID story carrying on, so one person got very sick, and now because of his extreme illness, he was in constant need of some oxygenator and oxygen and whatever else. So now some people became very, very concerned for him and went out of their way, and they were not even very closely related to him or anything, just in the community now. So mashallah, many people, alhamdulillah, many, many places, this is also part of Ihsan, part of the teaching of our deen. But now the point here is that they went out of their way to take care of this person, to give him oxygen through that thing, those cylinders there, whatever other things had to be done. So over a period of time, a couple of weeks went like that, and eventually Allah's Fazal, he recovered. So he can still not finish off being grateful to them. And every time he says that, I can never forget this for my whole life. For my whole life what? And Alhamdulillah, it was a very great deal. It was something very, very... And what he's, mashallah, expressing his appreciation, that too is part of the teaching of Deen, to express that appreciation. But the lesson, <clears throat> somebody merely assisted in bringing that tank, but taking it in, nobody can help. That too goes in only with Allah Ta'ala's grace. But that became a life-saving thing. A person can't stop being grateful for it. But Allah who gave it to us all our lives, and with whose permission we keep breathing in and then breathing out as well. Sheikh Saadi Rahmatullah's famous couplet, which means that on every breath two shukar are required. One shukar for being able to take it in. But if a person took it in and can't exhale, that too will mean death. Shukar on being able to then exhale as well. So now, this is Allah Ta'ala's grace, Allah's mercy, Allah Ta'ala is keeping us going. So now how much we should be expressing this muhabbat for Him and doing that which Allah Ta'ala loves. So Allah Ta'ala loves the muttaqeen, Allah Ta'ala loves the tawabeen, those who excessively repent. These are occasions for reminding ourselves to come on to tawbah, to come on to taqwa, to come on to ihsan, to come on to insaf, and to come on to adl and justice, and to come on to the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. This is what's going to make our dunya also a place of goodness for us. And more importantly, it will become the means of securing our jannat. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Fa'akhiru da'awana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. For a few minutes we'll make some zikr and then do ayisha.
писать дурочек. ഹലഹുഅഹ്നു അള്ളാ 
pillar of our hearts with your muhabbat, ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, let us be forever ready to give you that which you are pleased with, ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from everything that you are displeased with, ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, ya Allah. Keep us steadfast on deen, ya Allah. Keep us steadfast on iman and Islam till our last breath, ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from all the traps of nafs and shaitan, ya Allah. Save us, ya Allah. Save our families, ya Allah. Save our progeny till qiyamah, ya Allah. Save the entire ummah of Nabi Kareem, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ilahul Alameen, all those who are trying to harm Islam and the Muslims, Ya Allah. Allah grant them hidayat, Ya Allah. Allah, if hidayat is not decreed for them, Ya Allah, wipe them out from the face of this earth, Ya Allah. Allah, protect the Haramain Sharifain, Ya Allah. Protect Masjidun Aqsa, Ya Allah. Allah, cleanse and purify from all the things that are being pushed, Ya Allah. Allah, which are against your commands, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, you safeguard the Muslims throughout the world, Ya Allah. Protect the Iman and Islam of every Muslim, Ya Allah. Protect the life, wealth and honor of every Muslim, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Protect us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Allah, all those are sick, give them shifai kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Allah, remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Whatever difficulty and hardship anybody is in, Ya Allah, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, you grant each one's dies needs, Ya Allah. Grant each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, all that we have asked for, Ya Allah, out of your grace and mercy, grant it to us, Ya Allah. What we should have been asking for, I did not ask, Ya Allah. Allah, bless us with that as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka min hunabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله